Hello and welcome to Dancers. First off, I would like to thank everyone watching and listening right now on whatever platform you are watching or listening on. We've had really good success, and that's thanks to you. Uh, if you want to send in a question, comment, tell me how to do the show better. Tell me uh, what kind of animal you would like to see me engage in one-on-one -on -one combat with. You can email dancerspodcast at gmail.com. I hope you guys are having a good week. I'm having a pretty good week. I had a show yesterday and I drove down with another comedian, a comedian that I very deeply like and respect. And it was an hour and a half down, hour and a half up. You find yourself in that situation sometimes doing stand up. In a lot of jobs, you find yourself where you're in close quarters with somebody that you like, but you go, let's really see how much we like each other. Do you know what I mean? Let's see how much we like each other. Because we're facing the same direction in the same car for an hour and a half. And when that happens, you really, you test, you test the, the engine. You know what I mean? You fucking give the car a couple of kicks kick the tires, see what's going on with that relationship. And I felt like the conversation was pretty good. I think that we agreed on a lot of things. The issue that came up is I'm a little bit pessimistic. Not all the way. I like people in general. I enjoy the company of people in general. But I do have this very deep idea that if someone is being, let's say foolish, if someone is a fool, if someone is an energy suck, when you walk into a room, you see them, your eyes roll back and you go, not this person. I believe deeply that you should, instead of trying to find the good in that person, uh, avoid them. And here's what I mean by that. I don't mean you can never come to like that person. I don't mean that you can never find common ground with that person and eventually they could sway you. I'm open to being swayed. In my mind, in my personal life, what I find is that you spend so much tr time trying to like people who are just complete leeches, complete social leeches. The kind of person where you walk into a room and you see them and you beeline to someone else to talk to and they just find a laser way to go right up to you. It's usually cocaine, okay? In Los Angeles, it's usually cocaine that does that to people. But I'm not going to write it all off as drugs. Some people are just like that. Some people just have the devil in them. You know what I mean? Some people just need a little exorcism. And I was telling this person that story and she was very much of the mind that you should learn to love everyone. The issue is when I'm stating my case for the way that I see the world, it makes me sound like a piece of shit, which maybe I am. And you, what we all have to accept and be comfortable with the idea that maybe we are. I think there's way too much emphasis put on you're perfect and everything you do is great. And it's like most of the stuff you do is great. Most people are 
in a way perfect. And you can see the world through a light in which people are perfect. But you gotta leave the door open to think maybe I'm a piece of shit. And in the conversation, I, I'm just such a... I, I get diarrhea of the mouth when I'm very comfortable with someone. So the conversation was going good, especially on the way back. And then I just start talking about like the U.S. involvement in Guatemalan government because I watched one documentary about it. It's so annoying because whenever I watch a documentary or read a book, because that's such a rare thing for me. I have to constantly talk about it. I have to constantly bring it up at the detriment of the other person. If if you hear me casually say, I just watched or read something, run away. Run away. I'm about, you're about to get absolutely drop kicked with whatever I learned from that one piece of media. And if you know more about me than that, if you know more about that subject than I do, because you've actually studied it and you're a smart, intelligent person, guess what? I'll argue with you. I'll straight up argue with you because I saw one documentary about it. Does that make me unlikable? I don't know. But we were having the conversation and you ever feel that you say something and you immediately, in a conversation with someone, usually like a new person, and you say something, and you just go, uh, shouldn't uh. I was just talking about how I have no faith in the fact that a wide-sweeping social movement could, uh, you know, change the current state of the world, because I feel like the government is so powerful, they would squash anything that seems to challenge it. Not, not an upbeat fun car conversation usually in a car you want to be talking about uh you know who made a faux pas that week what people you don't like and maybe gab a little bit maybe sing the wheels on the bus those are the sorts of things you want to do in a car ride not talk about your completely bleak worldview as it pertains to how society could possibly change and I just felt this other person who's of incredibly kind, incredibly sweet, funny comedian just kind of shut off when I started talking about that. And it, listen, if you're, if you're a person who's prickly, which I feel like I am, and you're kind of an asshole, which sometimes I certainly can be, you just got to learn to deal with that. And you got to learn to not do that as often as you do. Because not everyone gives a shit as much as you do, and people aren't like verbal punching bags. And that's sort of that's sort of the lesson that I gleaned from last night. Other than that, it was a great show. I sold a little bit of merchandise after. Hey, covered gas money. Went to a gas station, got gas for under $5 a gallon. I was feeling like a king, okay? I felt like I, felt like I stole that gas because I didn't pay $8 a gallon for it. I felt like I, f I kind of understood the feeling of when someone robs a convenience store and gets away with it. That's how I felt driving away from that place. And no gunshots followed. There were no bullet holes in my Prius. It was a wonderful, wonderful feeling. I've also been doing yoga. You ever do yoga? You ever, you ever wake up in the morning, feel maybe a little bit rickety, a little bit crickety, and you go, 
I want a 110 pound white woman to absolutely rock my world. I want a I want a 110 pound white woman to show me that uh, my body is garbage. That happened to me a little while ago, and I I go to a Bikram. Let well, you can't say that. It's a 26 and two class, but we all know what they are, and. I, you know, I gotta say this about yoga is there's a thing that teachers say before a yoga class, which is basically, hey, everyone, this practice is yours. So whatever you do, you like, just make sure you're comfortable. Whatever I tell you to do, you just have to be comfortable and do whatever you want. If you, I heard a teacher say this, if you lay down the whole class, you still did yoga. Don't say that again because you're not telling the truth and you're just, isn't that convenient for yoga teachers that you can, it's like still come to the class, but you can lay down the whole time and it's still a class. It's like, listen, if you're going to say that to me, don't get mad at me when I start playing Candy Crush on my mat. Okay. That's my practice. That's what I need in this moment. I need a little bit of a clash of clans on my mat. You're going to say no. You're going to say that's not a Shavasana pose. If I'm lying back listening to the Joe Rogan experience at full volume. Don't say, how dare you? No, but I the, the teacher said something like that and then got mad at me for drinking too much water. It's like a hot yoga class and they were like, Yoga is actually about, uh, you know, showing our body was it what it doesn't need. And it's like, to you, psycho, not to me. My body is telling me I need water and I'm going to drink it. This isn't the army. Do you think this is the army? What's wrong with you? She literally, I took a sip of water. She did this fucking incredibly passive aggressive thing that people do sometimes when they don't know how to confront people where they'll speak in generalities when they're talking about one person. So I drank water and then she was like, hey, everybody, I just want to let you know some, I, I'm sorry that some people are drinking water. It's incredibly distracting to some other people. And I'm like, fight me, fight me, put your hand. I'm, I, I'm a little tired right now. I could still take you, fight me. How dare you? How dare you try to get me to stop drinking water? That's one of my favorite things in the world is taking huge, way too big gulps of water and then feeling a little sick in my tummy afterwards. It's, it's just this, and I get it, and I get if that's what you want out of a yoga class is to feel like you're in the military because you never actually had any discipline in your life before that. I get it. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Just not for me. Just not for me. Don't ever tell me to not drink water. I will chug a bottle of water in your face if you tell me to not drink water. That is incredibly offensive to me. Like, there's no, even high school football, like, high school football teams used to do that, and then, like, four kids died on the field, and then they were like, oh, whoops, and they stopped. So you're telling me your yoga class is being run more militantly than an Alabama football team? Get out of my face. No, thank you. My life is hard enough. I don't need... That shit is for people who are like trust fund kids who 
they've never had any sort of uh, confrontation or experience of uh, friction in their lives because they've just been able to buy everything. And they need somebody to slap them in the face and just pinch their little nuts and call them baby dick. And I don't need that. I need to, I need to stretch. That is all I need. I don't need the rest of it. Maybe a little bit of spirituality. I'm cool with that. I'm a modern guy. I can deal with a little bit of spirituality. Don't tell me to not drink water. All right? Don't do that. Um, we have some very interesting news stories this week. The first one is a survey, a survey found that almost half of women fall for bad boys. Um, I don't know exactly what people think of when they say bad boys. I've heard this a lot. I've heard like women are into bad boys. And then when I ask for examples, the names that come up are like Pete Davidson and Machine Gun Kelly. And I was like, oh, you mean people who have tattoos and do prescription drugs? Because congratulations, that's all of Louisiana. That's all of Massachusetts, where I'm from. There, You can find, though, and then they try to narrow it down more. It's it just pretty much what they mean is handsome guys with tattoos when they say bad boys. They might smoke cigs right they might uh they might do some you know deal some drugs but for the most part when we say bad boys we don't mean actually bad like the word bad is the operative term there and i think that we maybe need to change that you mean uh, what you mean by bad boy is someone who looks like bl uh they're in blink 182 bad if you're into bad boys find a war criminal do you know what I mean? That's a that's a bad boy. That is a bad. Uh, uh, you know, Dick Cheney when he was uh, openly lying about uh, reasons to get into the Middle East and start a war. That's a bad boy. But who wants to fuck Dick Cheney? Do you know what I mean? No one was clamoring after Dick Cheney. Maybe actually, now that I now that I'm considering it. Maybe they actually do just mean people who are in trouble. I, I, I don't know what bad boy means. Maybe someone could explain it to me because I know Salman Rushdie, uh, who wrote, I believe it's Satanic Verses is the thing, but he got a, uh, basically like a hit called on him by uh, certain sects of like fundamentalist groups and... Uh, because he he insulted some sort of a religious thing. I don't want to go into too much detail because I'm not sure about the specifics. But basically, he got a hit called on him because of a book he wrote. That guy got laid. I know that for sure. He, he dates like very hot women far above what you would expect him to date. And I think Henry Kissinger also fucked a lot. So maybe they literally do meet. Maybe the highest level of bad boy is war criminal. And that's going to be the new trend. After we get done with the Machine Gun Kellys and the Pete Davidsons, we're going to get to, I don't know, like power brokers. Like Steve Bannon is going to be, women are going to start drooling for Steve Bannon. Because, <laughs> listen, I'm not trying to be flippant here. That's just a bad boy. That is a bad boy. Steve Bannon is a bad boy. It, so why don't we... Mark Zuckerberg, you know, I think uh, he, he might fall into that category of a bad boy.
Let's get into those guys. Sure, they don't have tattoos and they're not on opioids. Well, Steve Bannon is on opioids. But they got some bad stuff going on there. And let I, I say we start clamoring after them. I want I want a survey that says why why are uh, five out of eight women into like evil government power brokers? Let's figure that out. But the the real question is like why are women and also men in this survey were said to like bad girls? Which I mean that's even more vague. I don't know what you mean by a bad a girl with you know tattoos who will do anal to you i think is what that means that's that's the the bar for bad girl i feel might be a little bit lower than bad boy because for bad boy you need to at least like have done armed robbery in the past to really be considered but to be a bad girl all you need to do is peg and people will be like oh who's that cowgirl over there because <laughs> that's i mean I think men commit way more crimes, especially of the violent nature than women. So there's like kind of a bigger pool there. But for women, I mean, if you if if you are just like you maybe uh, set something on fire in middle school, you're a bad girl for life. Salute to you. I don't know what the fascination is. I don't know why. Maybe because people like self punishment and they know that these people are going to be bad for them in the future. I've felt that before. I feel like if I look back on my dating history and I think of people I've dated in the past, I'll look back and go, well, yeah, I was, I was trying to punish myself there. I'll, <laughs> I'll go, boy, what did I think I did to deserve this? So it's probably a little bit of that. Or maybe you just like, maybe you just like a guy who has done recreational fentanyl and didn't do it again. And you know what? God bless you for that. As humane octopus farms open, people wonder if they are too intelligent to eat. This is something I've thought of before when eating octopus. I've had it maybe once or twice. I don't really like it, thankfully. Th thankfully, I don't have a taste for what may very well possibly be one of the most intelligent animals on the planet. But... Some people do. Some people really love octopus. Humane octopus farms. What does that look like? They all have Rubik's cubes to solve. That's people's big problem with eating octopus. It's like you open humane octopus farms, but you have a, a school in there where they're learning eighth grade algebra. So you shouldn't be eating these creatures. I, I really don't know the answer to that. Should we be basing animals we can eat on intelligence? Or should we be eating them based on their closeness to human beings? Because I think those are the two, of people who eat meat, those are the two ways you can go. You can either go, who's who's a dummy? Which means like, if you found a really dumb species of monkey, you can have at it. You can just eat, you can just eat whatever that is. Because sure, they're close to us, but they're not smart. Or is it, is it like, closeness to humans which means an octopus i mean i look into an octopus and i don't go that looks like my uncle so maybe you can just eat that but i do think of that and the the thing about octopus is you shouldn't eat it because it's gross i mean that's really why you shouldn't eat octopus not because of its intelligence i remember uh talking to a friend and he said they actually do f make fake octopus out of like pig anus and intestines and I go, 
Hmm. Well, if that's a close enough fake, maybe we just shouldn't be eating octopus. I mean, if octopus tasted great, I could have a conversation with you. We could talk about that. We could talk about maybe you maybe you eat the Einstein level animal because it's so good. But we're talking about a C plus snack. We're talking about an appetizer. That's fucked up. Okay. You can't eat an octopus if it's an appetizer, because that's fucked. You can't eat an intelligent animal. If you're going to eat a hyper-intelligent animal, it has to be a main course. You can't just be like, let me wet my beak on some, you know, uh, ninth grade history uh, class octopus. You can't, you can't go, let me eat this 3.6 GPA animal uh, based on... Uh, the fact that I'm a little hungry, but I couldn't have a full meal. You make it the whole meal if you're going to eat it. I do feel a lot of moral uh, pull in terms of eating animals. I've cut back to, I don't buy meat. I've cut back to only eating it about once a week and only in situations where I love restaurants and stuff. So if a restaurant's like special meal involves meat, I'll eat that. So I think I eat what might be called a sustainable amount of meat, but then I'm sure I'll talk to people and they'll be like, no, you're destroying the environment. And, you know, they're, they got a point. They got a point. I'm not opposed to phasing meat out eventually, but I don't think I could go completely animal free. I need a little bit of egg, a little bit of whey protein just to stay alive. This podcast would not be functioning if i if i didn't have at least a little bit of animal product i need to eat an entire boar's head before i record one of these is what i'm saying quiet quitting is in the news quiet quitting uh is people basically doing the bare minimum at their job uh while they look for other forms of fulfillment outside of their job this is one of those buzzwords that I feel the government just put in the news to rile people up. It's like a complete... Str it's a inane, ridiculous word that just means doing your job. It's literally just doing your job. That's what qu quiet quitting... You have to put the word quitting in there when you're talking about... do. I mean, here's the thing. If you had some balls... You should just tell people to uh, find ways to not even do things that are required of them in their jobs. How to work around those. That's an article. That's something I would read. Quiet quitting is for, like, people who understand that the job market is completely fucked and they don't want to work in the place that they work, but they, uh, they did too well in middle school and they don't, wanna, they don't want teacher to get mad at them. It's like, I, I just don't, I mean, they're right, right? The idea behind quiet quitting is completely correct. It's like, you shouldn't, if you don't feel like your job is appreciating you in the same way, like supply and demand shit works. It's like, all right, well, they're not giving you enough money. So don't put in as much effort that it's so funny that the idea that you know, uh, money equals effort or whatever, or uh, people pay with their, or people uh, vote with their dollars, like that businesses like to say stuff like that, literally stops applying when the workforce goes, okay, well, we want more money because this is too much work. They're immediately like, no one wants to work anymore. It's like, okay, well, for years, you've been operating in a system that's benefited you. And as soon as 
people who work get a little bit of leverage, you're immediately like, shouldn't your job be good enough where people want to work there regardless of the fact that they're getting like whatever a thousand dollars a month, which basically will cover uh, maybe people's rent and if they're lucky, two rotisserie chickens. If that's all it takes for people to not want to work at your job, maybe it sucks. Maybe you suck. Have you ever thought of that? I saw a sign that I was up uh, at like some national park and I walked into a restaurant and the sign said, short staffed due to lazy workforce. And it's like, due to lazy workforce? You gotta, you gotta think, hey, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not paying people enough to want to work here. It's like, you gotta pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which is something I've heard from a lot of bosses. I've heard from a lot of bosses like, you got, listen, you got to put in 110%. I need you here. If you're here uh, on time, you're late. Shit like that. But then as soon as people don't want to work for you, it's like, everybody's being mean to me. And it's like, hey, hey, brother, listen, let's have some of that pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality. I know if you dig in deep and you, you fucking grit your teeth, you can find a way to pay people more. Just do that. What are we doing? It's crazy. Okay, we got two questions. Um, I'm very excited for these. These are uh, sent on the email. If you uh, want to hit the email, it is dancerspodcast at gmail.com. I'll put it in the description of this. First question, would you ever bleach your eyebrows or mustache? I don't think so. I'm never taking anything stylistically off the table. I've done just about everything. I bleached my head once, shaved my head, and then I bleached it. This was during the pandemic. And uh, when you are at home for a long time, you go, let me do anything to feel something. So I shaved my head. I bleached it. Looked cool. Wasn't mad at it. Then it grew out into frosted tips. I really like that. I might go back to the bleached shaved head just so I can go back to frosted tips. I love anything that makes me walk down the street and it has less people coming up to me and talking to me. And frosted tips is deaf. I mean, anyone within a certain age group will not give you the time of day. But then people who grew up in a very specific time when like that song, every morning there's a halo, those people all came up to me. Sugar Ray fans couldn't get enough of me. But I'll deal with that. You know what I mean? That's that's worth it to me to have a stupid haircut. I think that everybody at one point or another should take a big swing style-wise. Men specifically. Men, take a big swing. Look like an idiot. Have people say you look bad. Because at least you can feel something. At least you, you're like, I'm trying something with my look. I've been, I've been wearing short sleeve button downs. That's a new thing for me. I used to not wear them at all. I used to be only t-shirts, short sleeve button downs. People like them. Took a swing. Ended up paying off. Before that, I had this really long, long, long hair. Looked bad. Looked greasy. People said it. You got to take chances in life. The second question. Okay. This has been maybe a controversial episode, and I hope that this doesn't go into a controversial place. Are you a cat person or a dog person? The perennial question, right? A question old as time. As a stand-up comic, a question that uh, if you ask an audience, some people will roll their eyes just because they've heard so many cat and dog jokes. So simple answer, non, 
non-controversial answer is obviously both, right? I like cats. I like dogs. Animals are great. I do have a word. I have a word for people who love dogs, which I am one of them. I love dogs. Dogs love me. I have no problem with dogs. Sometimes I have a problem with dog owners who are inconsiderate of people who have had bad experiences with dogs. Let me explain this. There are people where dogs have literally saved their lives in terms of they were in a bad place, they got a dog, the dog made them feel better, made them feel accepted by another creature, pulled them out of a dark place. That is great. I have no problem with that, and I think that's actually awesome, and I'm glad dogs did that for you. What can sometimes happen with those people is they become like proselytizers for dogs. They, they, they become soapbox preachers for dogs. They'll go up and be like, everybody needs a dog. Everybody needs to adopt a dog. I have a friend. This is coming from personal experience. I have a friend who had very bad experience with dogs. He was attacked twice by dogs. Both, one of them was a pretty vicious one. Both of them were pretty bad as a young kid. He does not like dogs. That doesn't mean he wants to hurt dogs. It doesn't mean he doesn't want you to have a dog. It means he doesn't like dogs. I've just seen so many situations where we're around our friends and they have a dog and he wants to stay away from the dog. And they're like, oh, he's friendly. He like And basically try forcing the dog onto him. And when he recoils, they don't like him. It's this, this memefied thing that happened with dog owners where it's like, if you don't like dogs, I don't like you. It's like, people have been attacked by Rottweilers, okay? Like, let's not be crazy. Let's not lose the forest for the tree. Let's not, let's not see someone who has had a traumatic experience and take the dogs over them. That's, that's I guess, my big controversial opinion is that I like people more than dogs. I love dogs. They are animals. And people will go, well, dogs are better than us. Dogs are this. Dog. That's fine. I will not, I will never relate to a dog as much as I do a person. So when people basically take those people who have had bad experiences with dogs and go like, well, your experience is invalid and I actually don't like you because you don't like dogs as much as me. It's like, this is a human being, right? They they don't have good as good of uh, ears or smell receptors as your dog, but they are a person at the end of the day. Let's maybe have a little bit of space for them. I've just noticed this with dog owners, especially in LA, where when people are afraid of their dogs, they immediately get like uh, all defensive and combative towards that person. And it's like, the, let's take people over dogs. I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for that, but... If you want to send that hate mail or if you want to send a question or a news article that you want me to cover, email dancers at gmail.com. Um, you can follow me on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. It's very helpful. Or just keep listening on Anchor. I, I really appreciate you guys for listening and the podcast is in a really great place and let's keep it rolling. Thank you.